A lot of people don't talk about that. Quit your job and go follow your dreams. It's, guys, it's not like that. It's quit your. It's like save some money so you can survive over a, over a sustained period of time or a prolonged period of time. That could be. I usually like to keep it like a year. And once you have that money, then you take the leap. If I look back, I was doing what I'm doing now when I was a kid, uh, talking like to people, entertaining my mom's guests with a story from school, um, always asking to do every project in high school by a video. So it's like, you know, like uh, we have like a physics or chemistry homework. Can I make a video about it? Then no, you actually have to do it, you know? So, so I've always been fascinated by, by entertainment and, and making people uh, happy and smile. Like my heroes growing up were Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. Uh, you know, Ace Ventura and Mrs. Doubtfire were my go-tos for all my joy and happiness. And I just, for that, for me, they were my my superheroes uh, because no matter how bad I felt whenever I watched them I was happy and I thought that's the re that's a real superpower like to bring joy and happiness to people around the world through a screen or in person but just to have that ability to do that was 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 amazing to me and I was always fascinated by it um, you know I go back to university when we'd have these big meetups I'd always be the one on the mic trying to do something funny entertain people just make people happy, just make people smile or forget the stress of uni or whatever it was that they had to do. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the first answer, the more positive one. And the second one was out of necessity. You know when you feel that this is what you were born to do? And to be honest, I can't really do anything else as well as I do this. And so for me, it's, 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 it's a necessity that I do it. To, to be able to, to be, be the best I can be at it, to know that I can feed my family through it, that I can you know, build a life for my, my kids through it and a future for my kids through it. And you know, you know, when I quit my job to do this, you know, I, was, I was very much expecting, like I was gonna do a couple of projects then get back into the corporate world. I fell in love with this and I tried to get a job doing this for someone else. Couldn't get a job, uh, couldn't get an opportunity, wrote a show that eventually became what we do on Facebook all the time. Wrote a show and nobody wanted it. Nobody helped. I was, I've been through everything. Was crying in the car, and not knowing what to do. And then eventually, Sarama said, "You know, got me my first camera." I tell that story all the time. She got my first camera. Said, "Just go do it on your own. You have the platforms. You have the tools. You have you." And for me, it was necessity. And we made a video every single day until we were able to break through whatever we needed to break through to become or to build what we have today. Uh, so one is out of pure passion, two is out of absolute necessity to give my family the best life possible. You'd be surprised at what people can do when they don't have any other choice. It's incredible, and I didn't have any other choice. But the only, the, I think the thing that stopped me from giving up is because every morning I woke up with a purpose to make a video. Mm. And you have to put that in your head because you worry and you stress when you do nothing. So I never even got stressed about worrying about quitting because I was always working towards what I need to work towards. And I think that's the factor that I, it never even came up. It wasn't even an afterthought. Because quit and do what? 
But I didn't even get to the point where I was thinking about quitting. Do you have bad days and good days? Absolutely. Do you have times where, you know, you, you think you just want to stop for a bit? But you can't. Uh, you can't. Because like, I want my kids uh, to be able to, to look at me and look at uh, the legacy that I leave and, and be proud of me. And, you know, they're looking at me every single day. And for them, they know things like hard work. Not because I tell them. Like the they know things like the value of hard work. Not because I tell them, because they see it. Not because I show them and, here, look at me. They see it every single day. Every single day. Um, you know, you have to have that work ethic. And I want to instill those two things. A work ethic to my kids and that ability to be able to, you know, follow your dreams and your passions. But work so hard on them. Because that's the only way you're going to get some results. And the reason I say some results is because, you know, I had a vision of what I wanted to become. It's not always going to look like that. But you'll get something good. Like, say you want to be a Hollywood actor, you know, and you go to pursue that. You might not, you might not, inshallah, you get to become a Hollywood actor or actress. But if you don't, and then you become this incredible theater performer, that's still an incredible feat that not a lot of people... So for me, it's all about, you know, that, that, that ability to work hard and take whatever Allah gives you as the blessing. And for me, you know, what we have is a blessing and I never take it for granted. And that's why I work so hard every single day. Uh, I work the same now as I did on day one because it's a blessing. And people who get blessed with things, they tend to think it becomes, that gets to a point where you th take that blessing for granted. And then you feel like you always deserved it. Or you, it was always meant for you. Nothing is meant for you. you. Nothing is meant for you. You deserve nothing. You deserve what you work for. What's meant for you is what you work for. Alright? And, and, and that's the mentality that I have every single day. The minute I stop is the minute that I start to lose. And I never want my kids to look at me as a person who had a chance, who had an opportunity, who worked hard, and then said, okay, yeah, I deserve it. We count every, every till now, every single project, I'm involved in everything. I'm involved in every project that we do. I'm involved in writing every script. I'm involved in the filming, the editing, the same way as I was. I have people that help me, but I'm just as involved now. And for me, it's, it's that work ethic that even that's, that gives me that peace of mind that um, things might get hard, but it, things won't all be lost, if that makes sense. How do I surpass my down days? So, alhamdulillah, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that Allah gives us down days for reasons. Um, I believe in praying and seeking peace through that. Um, I believe in meditating. I believe in sort of, you know, gratitude and just, you know, taking a moment to, to look at the grand scheme of things. It's a down day. It's not a down life. It's just a moment and it's going to pass and things will be okay. Um, and to, to appreciate everything and to live life simply. Like, we, we still live the same way as we did before any of this happened. Nothing's changed. I don't, I, actually things were better when I, like I don't have a car now, I had a car then, you know. So, so I think for me it's, it's, it's just about, you know, having, having that true faith in Allah that He will see you through. Um, you know, looking around at the people who love you and support you 
and you know doing what you love and uh, entertaining others or whatever it is that brings you joy and yeah and you know sometimes you just need to sit with it uh, you need to just let that I mean I've had horrible days painful days sometimes you just need to let that pain sit there for a little while and uh, and cry and do whatever you have to do to process that and then move forward for, for, for me but yani, it all begins and ends with yani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani. I mean I just believe that he's always there for all of us and uh, you know if you have faith in him he'll see you through inshallah you know, when you look back at the life of Robin Williams, to think that he was bringing joy and, and, and laughter to so many of us despite the pain that he was going through personally. You know, it is, um, it's tragic and it's very sad. Um, so for me, I try and think, you know, I mean, there's been a couple of, like whenever I had a bad day, I would, you know, as a kid, I would just watch like whatever it was, you know, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire, the, the original Aladdin as the genie. Flubber, yeah, Flubber was a good one. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Peter Pan uh, was another one. Like, he just, everything he did was just, he was just so funny and so full of life. Every, you would never have thought it. And, you know, is that for me, and I don't know if, if this is the right lesson, but I just learned to, 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 to really appreciate life. It's taught me that not everything you see on the surface is what ha what's happening. Mm. So for me, for example, it gave me a level of awareness mm. to always check on people. Um, whether they look like they're doing good or they're not. Whether they look happy or they're not. The question I always ask people when I meet them, like, hey, how are you doing? You happy? You okay? You doing good? But yeah, they're like, whoa. You're asking if I'm happy. I've never heard that. Um, for me, it's just like what what you see on the outside is not always what's going on on the inside. It's a it's a lesson uh, that that you know after after his life and you realize what he's went through that it's just something that sticks with me all the time. To be always to to always check on people, to always make sure people are doing well, to always uh, help those who who are in need, and uh, to be there for for people. For me, I don't think I would be anywhere that I am today without the support of of Sanama. Yeah, she's she's more than everything to everything that I've done. You know, she's she's been with me when we had nothing. Um you know, you feel this sense of uh you know when when you quit when I quit my job and I was looking for work. Uh, some of the most degrading stuff and situations that you're going to go through, right? And you feel like less of a person. You know, when people are like laughing at your ideas, when you show up for an interview and they're like, who are you? Like, you had an appointment? Like, yeah, I had an appointment today. And, you know, as, as a parent, you want to be the hero. You know, you want to be that, like, the person they look up to, the person that they're proud of. And when you feel you're not that, it breaks you down. Um, I remember literally driving home. Uh, I, I was called in to do a, a like a, a presentation, like pres to be a presenter. So, and I the, the day before I got a new kendora, and I got a new ghatra. I went to the barber, looked all good. 
I was reading lines, watching all these news anchors. How do they do it? Studying the whole night. And um, I went there the next day and I, I, in the car, I was waiting. There was out in the Fanila. I kept my kendora so it wouldn't get creased. <laughs> I dressed up and I prepared. I said a prayer and I went in there and I got there and they're like, sorry, who are you? I'm like, I'm Khalid, the presenter. We don't have you in the books today. And I called the person who had arranged it for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here today. They're like, oh, I forgot, sorry. And they called someone and they just came like, go stand there, okay, say these lines and then, okay, yalla, get out. And I remember getting into that car and this was after like a bunch of trying to get opportunities and stuff. And I was like crying in that car because I never felt so low. Um... You know, and, and from when I was very young, you know, my dad uh, always instilled in us, no matter how someone treats you, no matter who someone is, you treat them with respect. Whether you have disagreements with them, whether they believe something, you respect them and either you embrace them or you respect them and you walk on your own path. Because when you don't respect someone, you know, it, 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 it hurts. And they feel it for a long time after that. And I felt this for a long time. I had to sit with being, you know, pushed and all these things. So I remember walking in the house that day and I just, I couldn't look at Sanama, I couldn't look at the kids. Because I didn't want to be that loser. But again, you know, I mean, Sanama, you know, when I eventually did talk to her about what happened, she was just like, it's okay, next time, next time, next time. I got you, I'm here, we're good, you know, and that's all you need. I swear to you, that's all you need. Because the whole world can be against you, but if you have someone that truly loves you, that truly believes in you, yeah, and even when you don't believe in yourself, even when you don't love yourself, that's all you need. And that's all I needed. And uh, to be honest, by the end of it, she was sick of me, <laughs> crying. And <laughs> like, here's the damn camera. Go film some stuff, man, and get off my back. Get out the house, man. Khalas, <laughs> interviewing every day and stuff like that. Go film, man. You, you know what you're doing. So I went and filmed, and look at where we are today. I mean, I, like, I remember just a couple of days ago, someone's like, How did, actually, it was yesterday with my brothers and stuff. Because my brothers kind of look like me, so when people see them, like, hey, are you Khalid? Like, they're like, Khalid, how does it feel? I get goosebumps every time. Like, like, I literally stop for every single person who wants to talk to me. And Nasser, you'll get, you'll get so annoyed because we're like there. And like, um, for example, the meet and greet that we did in India. Um, it was supposed to be a, uh, like a 30, or 30 to 45 minute meet and greet when, we when Saram and I were in Kerala. Um, and, you know, with meet and greets, I always get scared. Because you think no one's going to show up. <laughs> I'm like, what if we show up and it's like, because, and there's a, it's a weird thing is, if no one shows up, then no one knows. Yeah. But if three people show up, then everyone, they, three people know that only three people showed up. And then they start to wonder, maybe this guy isn't who he should be, you know? <laughs> so I remember we got there and it was an auditorium for like, I think it was like 500 people. I'm like, we don't need that. It was just, just get a cafe or something. But they, the hotel had arranged it, and it was full. Wow. And we How stayed. Did you feel huh? How did you feel on that I was on. I was. I've never been so elevated in my life. It was just, because it was our first meet and greet. 
As a, oh, I was, was a second, but our first as a couple. And uh, it was supposed to be 45 minutes. Uh, we stayed there for four and a half hours. Uh, the 45 minute speech ended, like the talk, but we stayed there for, f uh, for an additional three hours and a bit, speaking to every single guest who had been there. And then we left last when it was empty. I wouldn't have imagined be in my wildest dreams that I'd be where I am today. And um, it wouldn't have been possible without Sanama every single step of the way. She's my, you know, North Star. I wish she was here. Every single thing, regardless of how crazy it sounds, regardless if I know what's going to be the outcome. Whatever she wants to do, she has, she doesn't even ask. She just tells me and I'm there with her no matter what happens. And, um, but this was, I mean, this has always been our, our relationship. We've always been fully supportive of each other since day one. Were we able to reach this communication since day one? No. I mean, and obviously not because, you know, I've been, I've, I've, I mean, Sanama and I were, were at the point of divorce at least two, twice in our, our marriage. Um, we only really reached this level of communication. And when I say communication, I mean, who we are as husband and wife. And I think before we traveled to America in 2012, um, we were husband and wife and friends. Um, after America, and when we really escaped the bubble that we were in and just explored life and each other, we're like Khalid and Sanama and best friends. So... You know, if I'm if I'm gonna do anything, like I don't call I if Sanama's there, then I'm the happiest person. And I get like I'm just like, Oh, you're not gonna come? You know, she's not gonna come. So she's like my best friend. Um, we laugh all the time. We didn't laugh as much before. You know, everything's a joke. I think what we realized in America is that ninety nine point five percent of our marriage is just like making fun of each other and annoying each other knowingly annoying each other only 0.5 percent is just you know making sure our kids are good that's it <laughs> you know and so we laugh at each other we laugh with each other but that's the only thing that's, that's that can sustain a marriage i think over a long period of time i mean i remember watching um i don't know if, i think it was a bbc documentary where they were interviewing this old british couple and you know they were just making fun of each other the whole time and Saddam and I watched it together. I'm like, yeah, we relate to that. Because, you know, the, the, a lot of the aspects of marriage, that initial attraction uh, that you have post-wedding day, they call it the honeymoon period where everything's good. That sort of wears off. I know every, I've heard different times. I've heard it goes after three months, eight months, one year, two years. The fact of the matter is it dies out at some point. Then what do you think sustains a strong marriage over that period of time? Respect, yes. But just respect? But what, you're just going to wake up and respectfully say good morning and go about your days yet? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, that, it's that ability to, <laughs> good morning, morning, yep, have a, have, yeah, have, how, how was your sleep? You know, like, that was good, good. Anyway, I'll see you after work. Should we have lunch at about three? Yeah. What the hell? You know, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's that ability to find joy in each other and at the expense of each other. Yeah. So for me, it's, uh, for me, yeah, I don't think the communication was always there, especially at the beginning, because you're at the beginning of a marriage, you're, you're very much in comparison mode. 
you're trying to see what what is an ideal marriage um and you you look at external factors oh they, yeah they they travel a lot maybe we should travel a lot traveling freaking frustrates me man like i like the calmness and comfiness of my couch i don't want to travel every other day all right maybe someone like as an outdoors person i'm an indoors person yeah yeah, but this, this couple go outdoors every all the time, man. They love it. They love each other. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you. So that's why I always recommend to couples to not necessarily go on an adventure, but escape whatever bubble that they're in. Um, because when we were in America, all we had was each other. We had our kids as well, but all we had was each other for our problems, for our fun, for everything. So we were forced into a situation where we had to communicate in ways that we had never communicated before. And when you do that, you peel away at each other. You discover parts that you didn't know. And I think that was, that's, that, that was a critical moment for our marriage. Because then we would just be hanging out as best friends. And I wouldn't, like, I just, I can't wait to grow old with this woman. And all the crazy, stupid stuff we're going to do on the way. Um, because I absolutely adore her. And um, she's my hero. And uh, she's the greatest source of like humor in my life. So, yeah. I think we're, we're, we've found that... that um, I don't know what the word is. You know, when, no, I think it's all smooth sailing. We've been through the storms... We've been through all that, and now we've been, we're smooth sailing, and we know how to prepare for any of these issues that come up. So for me, when I think about influencers, I think about people who have either changed the world or changed the way we look at the world. Um, people who have inspired millions through their work before we even knew what social media was. You know, when you think of, like, influencers, I think of, like, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, civil rights movement, you know, Nelson Mandela, you know, Sheikh Zayed, I mean, people who have like just literally just changed things in the world. For me, that's so important um, to, to understand that. Uh, so for me, I've never taken to that word uh, at all. Um, I think we entertain people. We bring joy to their lives, inshallah. Make them smile, help, um, help people wherever we can, whenever we can. And hope that you can leave the world better because you are in it. Um, but, yeah, and in terms of a purposeful influencer, uh, or, or someone, I think being a purposeful influencer is just someone who's living a purposeful life. Um, who's who's always sort of waking up with a thought process of how can I make today better, not just for me, but better for other people. And there are a million ways to do that. So for me, whenever I think about a video, I, I even till today, you know, we respond to every comment. Saramana, every single comment. Or we try to. I know for the first hour I'm on it. So for me, that, yeah, I need, so I read all the comments. So I read what people say. And when someone says, you know, I was having a really shitty day. But now I'm 
I'm feeling good now. Just through a, a video. That's for me, that's everything to me. And when, you know, someone's struggling with things and you're able, you have the resources to help them. When there's an issue and you're able to raise awareness about it. You know, all these things are so important to me. Um, because I hope that when people look back at my life when I'm gone, that they'll say he lived for something. And uh, I think when we all live for something beyond ourselves, that is when you're able to create meaningful change in your lives, but more importantly in your communities and in the world around you. I think the youth are going to have it harder than we did because there are so many distractions now. And there's so much amplification of toxicity and fear that it will get to a point where I worry that people will be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, when they're just unable to like move or do anything because of the fear of the toxicity or the anger that you see projected. And, and if that's not it, it's the distractions that are all around you. You're getting your attention's getting pulled everywhere. So for me, what I try and instill in my kids is number one, a sense of focus to sort of drown things out and focus on something, whatever it is that you that you can be good at, that you can excel in, that can have an impact on the world, that can have an impact on your life, just to like silence the noise for a few hours a day and focus on something that's beneficial to yourself and to the world, you know? And, and again, that could be anything, you know? That could be anything. And that's my second point, is to, to let people know, the youth know, that, that there are so many opportunities and so many options out there to follow the things you want to follow, to follow the dreams you want to follow. And if you're looking to come into this space, the, the creator space, is to be responsible about what you're doing. To be aware of what you're doing. To understand that silliness that you post when you're 12 years old follows you for the rest of your life. People tend to think if you're smart and you're brilliant, you have to stick to a couple of things. I'm talking about regionally here. That you need to go into very few specific fields to show how brilliant you are. Whereas if you're... Uh, entertainer or a dancer or an artist or something yeah that's yeah it's a nice hobby that you've got there but no you can be brilliant at it you can inspire the world with it you can grow an audience to support your work of millions i am no more or less talented than anyone else out there but i just believed in what i was doing and I worked so hard to get it. And I said, you know, this, we can be brilliant at this. And we can do so much through it. And I think people need to think about it that way. The generation today, the adults today need to think, need to, need to widen their spectrum of what intelligence looks like. You know, when you say things like a comedic genius, that person's a genius in making people laugh. You know, where someone looks at a, 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 a dancer or an artist and say, she's a genius.
she's a genius at bringing this work of art to life. And they're not, you know, and this is not to take away from anything else. But these are the sort of cases that we just need to widen our spectrum of what genius and brilliance and being smart is. And that's what I hope that when youth look at me, they'll be like, okay, yeah, this guy, you know, did his high school, did his bachelor's degree, you know, did his master's, and he makes videos on the internet. That, 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 and that can be just as that's exactly that's purpose that's success and that's you know just as he, he's doing like what would I rather be would I rather be uh, uh, an excellent uh, uh, entertainer on the internet or a subpar doctor okay I don't know the last time I checked nobody wants a subpar doctor operating or checking them so be brilliant at the things that you're good at. But that's very important to, to remember that, is if you're going to go into something, be brilliant at it. Be the best you can be at it. And things will happen. Man, I just think, um, you know, you are, at the end of the day, you have to live with the decisions that you make. All right? Not your, not your mom, not your dad. You. You get up and go to work every day. You know? And yet, when it comes to marrying the person that you love, you have to live with them, not your mom, not your dad. You know, I mean, it's important to have their blessings. It's important to have their respect. But it's important to, to, to approach a discussion with parents, if you're youth, from that. Is to remind your parents that it's you. And second, to let them know that you're doing these things responsibly. And that you're doing it with an ideology of being brilliant, of being excellent. And so again, I, I was an I, I I'm a living proof of it, man. I was working in finance. You know, I'd wake up every morning, I'd go to a cubicle, I'd work on financial models and presentations, I'd go to meetings, I had stress-induced alopecia. My beard had patches all over it, it was falling out. I would get an infection every month. I sucked as a financial analyst. When I say I sucked, I didn't mean I was doing worse. It means uh, someone who's good at it or wants to do it would do like something in an hour and it would take me three. So I don't have to work overtime just to be on par with everyone else. So why live that life? And I get it. You know, we all have points where, you know, in our lives where we have to, you know, do the work and take care of our families. And that's why I was in that position. But my thing is, and this is where I talk about it, is, you know, like it was a job of necessity to provide for my family, to provide for my, to provide a home, to provide food, to get clothes, everything, school. But over that period, I was saving money to be able, because I knew this is, this is not, I'll, I'm going to die, <laughs> you know, emotionally, you know, you know, spiritually, I will be done. I would go home miserable every single day. And I would have to struggle to put on a smile for my kids. I'd have to be like, all right, okay, now it's family time. Remember, family time, family time. Work is gone, work is gone, work is gone. Hey, boys, hey, guys. And I'm like inside, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like crying because I'm so emotionally exhausted. And for me, I saved up all this money, everything I could because I knew that I couldn't do this. When I had a year worth of savings, salam alaikum, never looked back.
So people think, Khaled, are you inspired by, like, what inspires you to work every day? I'm like, I'm not, I'm, it's not inspiration at this point. <laughs> it's a fear of having to go back to the, to the, the, the job that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it scares the life out of me. A cubicle, like, a, like that. Well, not cubicles per se. I guess you have to be more specific, right? I mean, doing work you don't want to be doing. That scares me because I've seen the damage that it inflicts on someone um, over a long period of time. That's why I always encourage people, regardless of their circumstances, if they're in that opportunity to work and if they can, to save as much as you can to take opportunities and create opportunities and create chances for you to do and pursue things you want to be pursuing. This session is brought to you by Chaba Tea, an Arab brand that offers full-leaf hand-picked tea. Encouraging healthy lifestyles through tea rituals in your daily life. Allowing you to pause, relax, and self-reflect. Use hashtag louder on chabatee.com to get 15% off. I sustain my mental health through two things. You know, I already mentioned how important the prayer is to me every single day. Um, and also, uh, I meditate every day. Try twice a day. Um, so I never sit with stress as much as uh, like before. Um, I as soon as I feel myself getting anxiety or stress, headphones in, find a quiet space, put on the calm app, just meditate, guided meditation. So uh, Tamara Levitt, she's the uh, person who, yeah, Tamara. Oh, she's she's really good, and her voice just allows you to escape the world that you're in. So you're just like I zone out so much, and I just come back to the world, and I'm like. I'm ready. Round two. <laughs> and for me, I've always wanted to do something bigger along the lines of like the videos that we do. So I definitely want to step into the world of long form documentaries. I want to do a sitcom. I definitely want to write and uh, direct a sitcom. Uh, definitely want to try a movie. Um, uh, I want to start up a uh, couple of foundations for my kids. Uh, so my kids have a lot of passion for like, like for example, animals. So Abdullah has a lot of passion for animals. Um, I definitely want to do some sort of foundation in his name to support animals around the world. Uh, we're currently working on that. Um, I want to do more work uh, along the line. Uh, two big aspects, I think, for Saddam and I uh, jointly is number one, uh, so Sanam and I are uh, high-profile ambassadors for the UN. So now that things are opening up to increasingly raise awareness for issues around the world uh, through our work with the UN. Um, and second uh, is to continue to do our work for inclusion uh, and autism awareness and people of determination or people with special abilities to ensure that you know they have the right resources and support uh, because it's messed up, man. Like, um, I, I just, I want to ensure that when I leave this world, that our youngest son, Abdullah, who's on the autism spectrum, that he has, he goes into a world that is full of opportunities for people despite their differences, um, despite their challenges, that they have opportunities, that they're not looked at as... Um, Know, only suitable for certain things in the world uh, to, to ensure that you know 
their talents are identified and their oppor that opportunities are created for them to be whatever they want to be in this world. How can I be better? A better father, a better husband, a better human being. Is what I'm doing now right? Constantly questioning, like, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because usually, like, when I'm when you're alone, you should find some peace, right? But I don't know why I am the way I am. Um, whenever I'm alone, I just constantly think of improving. And, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because, you know, as a human, you need to be able to sort of rest and find time to, you know, celebrate and, you know, award yourself and find peace in the moment. And, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people. My team get on me all the time for this, man. It's like I never celebrate. I never celebrate. You know, I think the first time we celebrated anything, any achievement, is when we hit 5 million, right? That's the only time we've had five million. You know, I, you know, and you know, and God bless them. I see people who like hit like ten thousand and they got like the cake and balloons and everything, and I'm I envy that. Like I, I literally because you know it's about celebrating the small moments, but for me, like you could do a video and it does so well, and I'm just sitting there thinking about how it could have been better rather than just saying that it was it was well done and it was really good. Once we hit a million, I'm thinking, okay, two million. Let's go. And I think that that's why 2021, yeah. 2021 is a year that I've dedicated to my mental health and my physical health. Because in the pursuit of amazing things, I feel like it's easy to sacrifice things that are non-critical to what you want to achieve. For me, that was my mental health. For me, that was my physical health. I didn't go to the gym for like the whole time. I've, I've just started now, two weeks ago. Eating whatever I want, whenever I wanted. It was fuel. It was my, it was my, uh, it was my reward for like a hard day of filming. So for me, when I'm alone, I'm just always thinking about ways to improve and become better in all aspects of my life. Um, and I think I might want to change a bit of that. Uh, so maybe do that sometimes, but also in, in moments that I'm alone to be able to find peace and and show more. Show more gratitude, uh, and I, I do the gratitude journaling. I do all that stuff now. Like I said, it's all about my mental health. So I wake up every morning and I think of uh, it's called the the highlight of my day, of what I want to do. That's going to be the highlight of my day, and that could be film a great video. That could be you know take my kid to the beach. But everything's equally as good. Success isn't only about work. Success is about all aspects of your life. You know, I'm sorry, but if you're a CEO of a company and you have a failed marriage and kids who hate you, I don't think you're that successful. All right? Um, I think of one thing I'm grateful for that day, in that moment. And I think of one thing I want to let go. Um, so I'm trying to do things to raise more awareness of who I am. And I don't think I say this enough. And Issa Rae said it in one of her acceptance speeches for her awards. She's like, I, I, I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but she's like, you know what? I'm thanking me. I'm the one who did this. I, like that, 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 that. It was just beautiful to see. Just like, I'm taking credit for this. I credit myself. I'm a boss. Like, I'm a boss. All that stuff. I don't know if the words are right, but I just loved it because I've never done that. 
and I don't know if it's a, I, it's just something I want to do. It's like recognize where I am, recognize who I am, recognize what I've achieved, recognize the hard, hard work that Sanama's done, that I've done, that our team's done to get us where we are today. And I want to think more like that when I'm alone rather than worrying or stressing about getting better or thinking about getting better. That will come by default if you work hard and if you're a good person and if you treat people kind and with respect and if you go out into the world and try and help people. All those things come by default. So just chill. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do and it's just so difficult. So hope that answers your question. I think a lot of us live lives worrying about the way the world is going to look at us, about the way other people are going to look at us, about how people are going to judge us and, and the things that we do and the decisions that we make. I think once you realize that none of that matters, you open up a whole world of opportunities for yourself, of chances for yourself. And you also realize how little people care about what you're doing. So if with all that in the back of your mind, what's to stop you? You know, um, for me, I always think about that um, article that I read about the five biggest regrets of people who are about to pass. And you think of all the biggest regrets in the world all the things that someone could regret, the one thing that they regret, the number one thing, is that they didn't live a life that was true to themselves. Is that they lived a life according to the, the expectations of others. Think about it. For every decision that you're going to make in your life, whether that's what you're going to, what sport you're going to play, whether that's what, what you're going to major in in university, whether that's what job you're going to take, think about how you're going to look at your life when you look back on it. And when you do that, when you really do that and trust in that, decisions become that more easier to make. Things become that more simple. Because it's just about doing what's true in your heart, regardless of what others may think. Because at the end of the day, like that person who is lying on their deathbed, about to pass, they're the only ones who have to live with those decisions that they make. And the same way for you, regardless of who you're worrying about on the external world, the people, you are the one who's going to live with those decisions for the rest of your life. So make them count. And remember, as it's said in this video, always remember to speak louder and exhale. Much love. God bless. It was an honor. Thank you. Bless you, man. It was so good.